0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Quinn Cummings Gives Bad Advice, the podcast where I, Quinn Cummings, give advice to people I do not know. If you're joining us for the first time, you may be asking yourself, does Quinn really want to give me bad advice? And the answer is no, I do not want to give you bad advice. I want to give you good advice. But I have absolutely no qualification to give you any sort of advice at all. I am not a doctor. I am not a lawyer, I'm not a locksmith. I give advice because it amuses me to do so. So you might be asking yourself, will this advice I'm about to give you be good advice? Well, I think the answer is in the title of the podcast. If you want me to give you bad advice, you can leave a question for me at qcbad.com. It's completely anonymous and better yet, it's completely free so I can offer up this advice with a 100% money-back guarantee. Now, let's get started. My first question comes from QCBad.com. Hi, Quinn. I have a very smart 8-year-old girl. She has had a very loving and balanced upbringing with parents and a sibling who adore her. She is very healthy, has never been admitted to hospital, and has only had a few minor illnesses in her life. She, however, thinks that impending doom is always moments away. Every headache is a brain tumor. Every pain in her side is appendicitis. She's even asked me if I know what the symptoms of heart cancer are. I don't laugh or belittle her concerns, but always just assure her we'll deal with whatever happens if it happens. Could I handle it better? Should I be worried that this is leading to a life of anxiety, or will she grow out of it? She may grow out of it. She may not. A lot of anxiety is genetic. Either way, don't beat yourself up. It's really hard to deal with someone who is anxious, let alone your own child. There may be some exact amount of attention that is neither trivializing their psychic pain nor turning it into opera but if there is, I have yet to find it. However long it lasts, it's here now. A couple of thoughts. You need to determine if these moments are predicated by hunger or fatigue or anything else that can exacerbate anxiety, but is also something which can be managed. It could also be food-related. I think food allergies are overdiagnosed for these kinds of things, but I also know that some people are very reactive to certain food additives. If you watch her for a while, keep notes, and determine that it just shows up when it does, now it's time to give her some tools. Maybe find her a yoga class for kids or a breathing exercise she can do, something she can try when the feelings start mounting up and seem to be getting overwhelming. There are some pretty good studies suggesting mindfulness exercises are very effective for children your daughter's age. If she has the genetic predisposition to anxiety, it will do what it does, but the fewer times it gets a toehold now, the less ingrained it will be going forward. As someone who is in a decades-long pot to de with anxiety, you're telling her exactly the right thing, which is, you're surrounded by people who love you, and we're here for you no matter what happens. I'd suggest you now add, now go try downward-facing dog. This next question comes from Twitter. Dear Quinn, What's a good way to meet people that doesn't involve changing jobs, volunteering, a dating app, alcohol, or church? Sports. Dodgeball teams, running clubs, volleyball, softball. The obstacle race community is filled with cheerful lunatics who tend to date one another, if for no other reason than who else is up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday on a field in the middle of nowhere. In short... Get in the game. But I'm not in great shape, you may have just said. So, start. There are people who are very fit, there are people who are less fit doing this. You will get endorphins and you might get a date. I say again, get in the game. This one comes from Twitter. Dear Quinn, Boyfriend of six years told me he was going to see his family two and a half hours away this weekend because his out-of-country cousins, whom I love, will be there, and he wanted one-on-one quality time with them. Should I be upset or let it ride? Full disclosure, I'm upset. And I should have mentioned he said he wanted to go alone. You have no control over what someone else does. You only have a certain amount of control over what you feel. You do have total control over how you frame this to your boyfriend. And yes, you're going to tell him because it needs to not be a piece of popcorn in your psychic gums. I suggest something like this. You begin with, Jason, this is on me and not on you, but when you went to visit your cousins I felt left out. I would have loved to have seen them. I know you wanted to have some time alone with them, and I respect that. I just needed to say this. And then you stop talking. If he's defensive, you repeat, it was totally your decision, I just needed to say this. If he's apologetic, you accept his apology and move on. If it goes any other way, you roll with it and gather data. Because, honestly, it's his family, and it was his decision. But there's something about this decision that really bugged you. Maybe it's poking at something deeper you're insecure about? I have no idea. But you need more information. And silence is not going to help you get at that. This next question comes from QCBad.com. Hello, Quinn. I've dated one chronic liar and had another cut a swath through a group of friends 20 years ago and had to work with yet another. It's exhausting, and I end up withdrawing in the end, because how can you have a meaningful conversation with someone who just makes up whatever? Here's the problem. I'm coming out of a hibernation-slash-depression period and have been working to make more close friends over the past couple of years. The one who I thought would be the closest is not a chronic liar, or at least I don't think she is, but I'm damn sure she makes things up every now and then. Should I drop the friendship? Is there a gentle way to tell her that yes, insecurity sucks, but please don't do this with me? I think you are completely and appropriately reactive. The question is, are you also... Overreactive. Appropriate reactiveness is, I really do not want any more liars in my life. Overreactive is, Ah, that story seems unlikely. I'm trapped with another liar. Add in that you're coming out from under a depression, a condition where all human motivations seem at best suspect, and it's possible you aren't getting uncontaminated data. What to do. Maybe the next time you sense a story has entered into fiction, you gently cut the person off and say, Sorry to interrupt, but I have to ask did this actually happen this exact way? Or are you sort of combining a few stories to make a point? It's a rare person who easily admits to being a liar, but you're giving her a face saving out if it's more fiction than fact. If she says, yeah, it's more of a a based-on-a-true-story kind of story, you can tell her that you've used up your lifetime's worth of trying to separate fiction from fact, and you'd prefer if she told the truth. If she does it again, ask her again. She may not even realize she's doing it, which is its own problem. Then again, if she insists she's telling you the truth and every cell in your body insists this is wrong, you have to listen to that voice. You may not be right, but your discomfort means this is not a friendship you can continue right now. But after you deal with this, I want you to find someone to talk to, someone who can help you find your way towards happy, healthy, and honest relationships. My next question comes from Twitter. Dear Quinn, I have two large cats. One keeps peeing over the side of the box. I want to put the litter box inside a larger Rubbermaid tote, but husband thinks the pee will run down the sides and pool under the litter box. His solution is wee-wee pads on the floor. Your thoughts? I think a Rubbermaid tote is easier and cheaper to replace than your floors and that even the slightest misfiring by the cat on the wee pads and you're running the risk of being the house that smells like cat urine. made it. But also try a larger litter box and maybe get the cat checked for a bladder or kidney infection, which can lead to weird peeing behavior. Good luck. This one comes from Twitter. Dear Quinn, what do you do on a day that started off okay, collapses into total overwhelm before noon? How do you regroup and climb out? I'm not sure what I believe exists beyond the corporeal world, but I find I lean towards a Roman-Greek god outlook, which is to say, some days I believe we exist for the sport of forces far larger than ourselves. Those days, it has been my experience, fighting against it just exhausts me. Better to view it from a certain humorous distance. I awoke with nine canker sores, I got a parking ticket, and now my boss is screaming at me about something over which I have no control. I should get a plate of oysters for lunch because you know one of them will be bad and this day is missing explosive diarrhea. Some days the ride is just terrible. But it's still a ride. Eventually you get off. Tomorrow may be better, might be worse but it's pretty certain it will be different. Dear Quinn, My son got into the college of his dreams, but he will have to take out Boku bucks in loans to pay for it. We will help him, but can only do so much. Should we work hard to convince him to make a more financially conservative college choice? College is, among other things the first place we really practice our decision-making. If he's old enough to be pelted with credit card offers, he's old enough to understand what debt really means. If he has a career trajectory in mind, Google the median starting salary, which will suck because that's what starting salaries do. They suck. Then figure out how much he will be in for with his loans every month starting six months from the day after he graduates. Encourage him to think about where he wants to live, city-wise. Then look at the costs of living there. Build this carefully. Show him what these loans will mean, starting in four years, and maybe not ending for the rest of his life, because student loans are the only loans that don't get scrubbed if you declare bankruptcy. He's in until they are paid, forever and ever. Amen." It's not that you're asking him to give up his dream. You are asking him to keep the future version of himself in mind, the one who is in his late 30s and still has a roommate, and it's not because they're such great friends. Also, you might want to remind him that transferring colleges is always an option. Maybe he goes someplace far less expensive gets some of the general ed classes out of the way, then transfers to the dream school for the final two years, gets the smaller, more personalized classes the fancy school offers. In short, he'll make the decision he makes. Your job is to be absolutely certain he knows what the consequences will be. Dear Quinn, How should I prepare myself for having a conversation with my mom's doctor about taking my mom's driver's license away? Oh, the mom doctor. That's fine. Far better than having to talk to the mom. I speak from experience. My mother had a series of strokes, which made it unsafe for her to drive, but because the universe delights in me, one of the things the strokes did was fry the part of my mother's brain which would remember she'd had strokes. This meant every time I'd start a conversation, you've had several strokes, she'd say, I most certainly have not. So, how do you deal with the doctor? You make an appointment with the doctor, either in person or by phone, and you explain your concerns. Together, you create the story the doctor will tell your mother. Blood pressure is always a good excuse. I mean, it's the one my mother's doctor ended up using. This one comes from QCBad.com. I suffer from depression and anxiety. I find it hard to be motivated to do much of anything. Can I have some bad advice to help myself get going? I'm really stuck. I'm working on the assumption you have a mental health professional of some kind. If you don't, get one. If money is the issue, there are therapists who work on a sliding scale. But for the moment, for today, here is what you're going to do. You are going to pick a time, and at that time, you are going to go for a walk. Studies show that for low-level depression and anxiety, exercise can be as effective as antidepressants. Walking is effective, and walking is free. I am not asking you to join a Zumba class. I am not asking you to be the pitcher for your local softball team. I am not asking you to commit to anything larger than, it's walking time. Put on your shoes. Go out the door. Breathe. Look around. Decide on a step count or a distance, then do it. When you're depressed and anxious, tasks feel overwhelming. I want you to go to bed each night thinking, I walked. Try this for a month. Maybe after a month, you go to your local animal shelter and say to them, I would like to walk dogs for you on Saturday mornings. Dogs are excellent walkers, and dogs newly sprung from a cage are very, very eager to get going. It's hard to be depressed or anxious when you're rocketing down the street behind a half-grown puppy. But that's for later. Today, you walk. In fact, do it right now. Okay, I think that's enough bad advice for today. And remember, I can't give you bad advice if you don't ask for it. Your question doesn't have to be profound, complex, or emotionally demanding. It can be about pretty much anything because, let's face it, I am unqualified to offer advice across a wide range of subject matter. And as we all know, sometimes the nuttiest question gets the best bad advice. You can reach me on Twitter at Quincy. That's Q-U-I-N-N-C-Y at twitter.com. Or you can post a question to qcbad.com. Just log into letter Q, letter C, B-A-D, dot and there's a question form right there. The question can be any length, but I'm finding they work better if they're shorter. Just a hint. Before I go, I'd like to thank Richard Emmett, who composed my groovy music, and Keith Greenstein, who designed my groovy logo. People have already started asking me how they can get a Bad Advice Fork in a Toaster t-shirt or coffee mug, and my answer to them is, hang in there, we are working on it. I also want to thank Phil Roar and Prime Productions for making it possible for you to hear any of this. Okay, that's enough for now. Keep those questions coming, and I'll see you all next time.